Um, how many of you really understand that thoughts and ideas are powerful, okay? They are incredibly powerful. Ideas, thoughts, they're powerful. And in 2017, we got to make sure that our ideas and our thoughts and the way that we perceive life is based upon what God is speaking to us and what God is saying. Because I think so often in life, our ideas and our thoughts and our perspectives really truly come from maybe how we grew up, um, maybe circumstances that we've gone through in life, uh, frustrations, difficulties, moments that didn't make sense. And all of a sudden, our theology is all based upon circumstances, and it's not really based upon the goodness of God. So if you're taking notes today, just write down the goodness of God, okay? We're just week one, goodness of God, I'm really excited about today. Also, I'm really excited next weekend, Pastor Matt Chenoweth is going to be speaking here at Elevate Church. Super happy for him. He's always, always does a great job, and he's going to be great next week, okay? All right, to experience a breakthrough, okay, what God is speaking, because you got to hear the language of heaven, Okay, it's really important that you understand that when God is speaking the language of heaven, and I hear the language of heaven across the United States, it is the same thing that 2017 is a year of incredible breakthrough. Okay, so the language coming from heaven is that God wants to do incredible things in this year. Okay, and to experience that kind of breakthrough, we have to align our thoughts. Now, you have to ask yourself this question. Does my mind process God this way? Does my mind process God, he is good? Or does my mind process God as God is blank? I don't know, okay? You know, growing up, for me, there was a lot of moments that I probably processed God in that blank category. Like, I don't know if God's good because I've gone through some serious traumatic experiences in my life. You know, when your parents split up and your mom and dad are gone and then your grandparents are your parents and they pass away and your grandma has a stroke in your arms when you're, you know, 12 years old and, um, and then you get bounced around from family situations. There are questions inside of your soul that you ask, okay, is God really good? And I know that that's not just my story. If we went through the whole entire room, we could hear countless stories of traumatic moments from life where you would go, you know, I had moments where I really probably did question, is God good? And I'm, I want to be clear that it's okay sometimes to have questions. I, I, I don't want you to feel like you can't come to a church and go, I, I don't understand everything, and, and, and I have questions, and I feel like I, I just, I don't know what to do with these questions. That's why we're here. We're here to walk the journey with you because I've had moments in my life that I've had questions. I've had moments where I have to go, okay, is God good? Okay, but we have to come to this foundation and we got to come to this place where we settle it in our mind, in our heart that God is good and I can trust him and I can trust his plan for my life 100%. That's incredibly important because we have to have a, a solid foundation. If I'm going to build a house What's the first place we start? We don't start in the kitchen. You know what I mean? The kitchen is the fun stuff. You lay granite and you got cool cabinets and, you know, you're 
get in your sink, and the kitchen's all the nice, cool stuff. But where does the real work start? The real work starts when you're digging the ground. You're digging the hole. You're laying the foundation for this house, and that foundation has to be super solid to build in a magnificent house, right? Same thing for what God wants to do in 2017 with us as individuals in this house, in this church, going forward into this new year. Every decision from the way that I raise my kids, uh, look at my future, choices that I make is all based around this idea. Is God good or is he not good? Every decision that I make in life is based on that. So we have to understand the way we think, the ideas that we have, just like that commercial said. The ideas that we have are super powerful in the way that we perceive what God wants to do in my life in this new year. It's incredibly important to line these thoughts up right. Now, at the same time that thoughts and ideas and perspectives are powerful, there's something else that's super powerful, and it's this word called lie, okay? How many of you know a lie can be just as powerful as a thought or an idea, okay? And so let's take a quick look at that. If you got a Bible, go with me to uh, Genesis chapter 3, okay? It's the very beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, we're going to look at verse 1 through 6. We'll have it on the screen for you. It says this, a serpent was the most uh, shady of all the wild animals that God had made. And one day he asked woman, did God really say that you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Okay, obviously right away we know that that's a lie. Okay, God had said they could eat. So right away the enemy is twisting what God says, and this is what the enemy does in our life constantly. Verse 2, of course not, we, must, we can eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit in the tree at the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. Verse 4, you won't die. Okay. You won't die, the enemy comes back with, okay? The serpent replied to the woman, God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. The fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit, and she ate it, okay? Now, let's talk about this for a second. Long before she ever ate the fruit, she devoured a lie, okay? Long before she ever grabbed the fruit and ate the fruit that God told her not to, she devoured a lie. How many of you are Cookie Monster fans? I am a Cookie Monster fan, okay? And it is like Eve is like, ooh, yum, yummy your lies. I love all these lies. Mm, keep giving me Lord lies, you know? I am a Cookie Monster fan. I can imagine. She is devouring what the enemy is serving up to her. And what the enemy is serving up to her is a lie, and the lie is this, that God is a withholder. God is withholding. If God will withhold wisdom, what else is God withholding from you? That's really what she's thinking. God has held back wisdom that looks good to me, and if he'll hold this back, what else is he not giving me? 
There's got to be more than God's holding back from me, and I want it. Because the moment we devour that lie that God is a withholder is the moment that we make the decision, well, then guess what? I have to go get it, right? If God isn't going to give it to me, and if God isn't good, then guess what I got to do? I have to go get it on my own. I got to go outside of the boundaries that God has set up for my life, and I got to go take what I perceive is mine, correct? And that's the world that we live in. The world that we live in says, go live outside God's boundaries. Go take and get what you need when you need it. But God sets up boundaries, and God sets up um, ways of provision for us inside of his kingdom that he knows he will be able to bless us through it. Eve decides to believe a lie. So in life, we got to ask this question, is God good? How do I see God? Is he good? Or do I have to go get it on my own? All right, um, go with me to John chapter 5, okay? Um, I'm going to preach out of a chapter that, I'll be honest with you, I probably would never have preached out of John chapter 5 to talk about the goodness of God. But for whatever reason, God took me there, and he took me there, and he opened it up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus. You're, you're really, really good. So we're going to look at John chapter 5, and uh, we're going to start in verse 1, okay? It says this, after Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays, verse 2, inside of the city near the Sheep Gate, the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Verse 3, a crowd of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, were laying on porches. One of the men that were laying there had been sick for 38 years. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him, he knew he'd been ill for a long time. He asked, would you like to get well? Verse 7, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool. And when the water starts bubbling up, someone else always gets in before me. Verse 8, Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, the man was healed. Okay, all right, we're going to do this. Previously on the show, the sick 30-year-old man, okay, 38-year-old man, all right? We're going to take a backstory real quick, okay? It's a new show on Netflix. Go check it out tonight, all right? Okay? We know this. There's a man, and he's been sick for 38 years, okay? Um, I have not been alive for 38 years, okay? I've only been alive for 36 years. I have no understanding of what even 38 years feels like, and this man has been sick, on a mat for 38 stinking years, okay? Now, I've been alive, like I said, for 36 years. And in my 36 years, I've experienced a lot of things, like the 80s, okay? The 80s provided things like the new kids on the block. It provided, what, um, uh, Michael Jackson for me, movies like Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, uh, one of my personal favorites, Die Hard. I don't know if there's any Die Hard fans in here. The 90s brought, uh, brought me rap, it brought me Dumb and Dumber, Forrest Gump, Matrix, and a great movie called Clueless. And that pretty much sums up the 90s, okay? All right? Watched that movie way too many times. And then the 2000s came, and it brought dance music, and it melted my face. And, you know, it's just, that's just the rap from there, you know? So 36 years, I've experienced a lot in 36 years. 
But I have a really hard time imagining laying on a mat for 38 years, sick, unable to move, watching other people get healed, watching other people get into the pool, watching other people get what he so longed for because he's sick and he wants to get well and he's so close. That's the interesting thing about this story is that he is so close to the pool, but nobody's going to help him. Nobody's helping him. And then Jesus comes along and Jesus asks him a question. He says, hey, would you like to get well? Don't you ever read the Bible sometimes and think, what the heck are you talking about, Jesus? Yes, he wants to get well. I'm like, in my mind, I'm screaming at the Bible, come on, Jesus, what kind of a question is this? He's 38 years laying by the pool. He's been watching other people get healed. I can imagine the only thing, can you think about this for a second? When you're sick, can you really think about anything else than being sick, you know? Like, okay, I got some pneumonia in my chest and my chest was hurting. I swear that's all I think about. Like day and night, I'm like, my chest hurts, my chest hurts, my chest, <coughs> my chest hurts, my chest hurts. You know, when you're sick, all you can focus on is what? Being sick. Because you feel the symptoms, you see the symptoms, they're in front of you 24 hours a day. So for this man, he's laying right there, and Jesus comes and he says, Would you like to get well? And in my mind, I'm like, Come on, Jesus. What kind of a question is this? Okay. So we got to really look at what Jesus is asking this man. And, and to really get this understanding and really perceive what Jesus is asking, we need to jump ahead in the story into verse 19. Okay, we're going to throw it on the screen for you. Verse 19, Jesus makes a really profound statement to the religious leaders. Okay, because the religious leaders are mad. Okay, because Jesus ends up healing this man on the Sabbath. Okay. And that's not according to their law and their practices and what they have going on. And so they're mad to the point that they want to kill Jesus. They want to kill this guy for helping somebody that's been sick for 38 years. And Jesus says this in verse 19. So Jesus explains, I tell you the truth. The Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So what is God saying in this question to this man when he says, do you want to get well? Okay. I think God's saying a few things. Number one, I think God is saying to this man, number one, I think you have not been forgotten. Can you imagine this? Okay. There's this movie called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. My kids have watched it. It's a really funny kid movie. Okay. And in this movie, there's this thing, uh, it's a piece of cheese that gets stuck on the playground. And any, if any of the kids touch the cheese, they get the proverbial cheese touch. It's like getting cooties. How many of you remember cooties growing up? Like you get cooties, and if you got cooties, you could give it to somebody else, but you don't want to get cooties, okay? So there's the cheese touch. So this piece of cheese is like on the playground, and nobody will touch the cheese. Even the janitor like will walk around the cheese, okay? Nobody will touch the cheese. And the cheese becomes like what? It becomes like a part of the environment, okay? It's almost like this man has become a part of the environment. He's been laying there sick for a really long time. Think about people that were coming to the pool. 
Oh, it's just a sick man. He's been there for years. He's always there. What's changed? Another day, another week, another month, another year. He's just a part of it. Can you imagine how he has felt so forgotten? Does anybody remember me? Does anybody even remember that I'm here? I don't know if you've ever felt that way before in life, where you feel forgotten. And God is coming to him going, listen, son, I want you to know you are not forgotten. I am here. Number two, God is saying to this man, I am full of love for you. Remember, Jesus is the embodiment of God himself on earth at that moment. And he could be anywhere that he wants to be at that moment. And where is he at that moment? He's right there with that man. He chose, God chose to show up with his love and his goodness and his grace right there at that moment with that man. He's telling this man, number one, you, you have not been forgotten. Number two, I'm full of love for you. And number three, God's goodness came to him. The goodness came to him. He didn't go find the goodness. Think about this. How many stories have you read in the Bible where God healed somebody and God, or Jesus said, because of your great faith or because they went and they sought after Jesus, because they used their faith and they went and the woman that went and touched the garment of Jesus and she got her healing. It's because they sought after the Lord. He's not seeking after anything. He's just sick laying by the pool. The goodness of God seeks him out. Finds him exactly where he's at in his life. I love that the Bible does not record anywhere that it was because of his faith or because of his trust or because of his goodness that he received healing that day. God's goodness came to him where he was at. Now, Go with me to verse 7. I want to look at the response that the man has to this question, though. Okay? Jesus says, hey, do you want to get well? Verse 7, this is his response. I can't, sir. I'm a sick man. I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Isn't this just kind of like our response to God a lot of times? It's like the Lord's going, hey, 2017, do you want to get well? Hey, would you like to get well this year? Would you like to get your finances well this year? Would you like to get your body well this year? Would you like to get your marriage well this year? Would you like to get your relationships well this year? Would you like to get um, your hidden pain well this year? Would you like to get your job well this year? Would you like to get well this year? And we're like, man, God, I can't because I'm sick. And I got nobody to put me in the pool. Where's his focus at? His focus is on what he doesn't have. And he fails to see that the God of the universe is standing right in front of him. And the only thing he has to do is say yes. That's it. That's all Jesus was asking him. Hey, just, just trust me. But he's so focused. His whole Focus is on what? I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. I'm a sick man. I'm crippled. I lay on this mat every day. All I know is this mat for the last 38 years. 
there's a story of a bear that got put into this cage, a 10 by 10 cage. And this bear would walk the walls of this cage for years, over and over and over. And finally, the bear kind of got rescued by a humanitarian group, and they took the bear, and they took the bear out into the wild, and they dropped the bear off, and they're so excited to see this bear run off and experience everything that he had never experienced before. And they let the bear out, and they move the cage, and they all stand back, and they're waiting for the bear to run out into the wild. And what does the bear do? He walks the same 10 feet this way. And then he turns around, he walks 10 feet that way, and he turns around, he walks 10 feet that way, and he turns around, he walks 10 feet back, and he makes a perfect box. Sometimes we are so trapped in the past. We're so trapped in what we see right in front of us that we can't see what God wants to do. I, gotta, I mean, I got to believe that when I'm on stage today and I'm going, man, God wants to bless you in 2017, that the enemy's right behind you going, yeah, right. How many times have you heard this before? How many times have you gone into a new year with expectation and nothing happened? Nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same year. It's going to be the same perspective. It's going to be the same as it always has been. And at that moment, you have to choose. What do I believe? What do I believe? Do I believe that God is good? What do I believe about him? What do I believe about his kingdom? What do I choose to believe in these moments? The Bible says that he didn't trust Jesus. It's almost like he had a lack of faith. His response was not faith. His response was not like, oh, my great king of kings and lord of lords, you showed up. You're here. I'm so excited you're here with me. Yes, I want my healing. No, his response was, I am sick. And I got nobody. Almost bitter, jaded response back to Jesus. But what was Jesus' response to him? This is my favorite part. Verse 8. Jesus' response to him was this. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And it says, instantly, he was healed. Instantly. God said, listen, I'm not, I don't even need your faith right now. I'm just so good that I want to pour my goodness on my son right now. And I want you to see that this is my nature. Because why? Because Jesus said, I only do what the Father shows me to do. So what was the Father showing Jesus to do at that moment? Go pour out my goodness upon this man. I love that the Bible even records this in verse 14, that Jesus finds him later and tells him, hey, stop sinning or something worse will happen in your life. So it shows me that this man was not even a good man. He's not even a worthy man to receive God's goodness, but God's goodness goes beyond our worthiness. God's goodness goes beyond our faith. God's goodness goes beyond anything that we can give to God because it's his goodness that shows up. It's his goodness that shows up. 
So Jesus tells him three things. Number one, he says this, stand up, okay? When you see the goodness of God, it will build your faith. When you see, when you can look into the word of God, okay? Because here's the deal. I'm not the goodness of God. I'm not the goodness of God. Jesus is the goodness of God. So where do we got to see Jesus? In the word of God. That's why the world, the enemy fights us so hard to not get into this book. Because if we'll get into this book, we will see the goodness of God. And when we see the goodness of God, it builds our faith to a new level. And all of a sudden, we have courage to stand up. Okay, because think about this. This man has been laying there for 38 years. Don't you think that his mind was fighting him to not get up? What would your mind tell you? You can't get up. You can't get past this. You can't get past your past. You can't get past this sin pattern. You can't get past this financial debt. You can't get past this moment. You can't get past this failure. You can't get past the last few years. You can't get up. But when the goodness of God shows up, it gives you courage. And it gives you confidence to go, you know what? I can't get up on my own, but I can get up with the power of Jesus Christ. I can get up right now. I can stand up today because I got a strength that's not my strength, but it's his strength that's empowering me to stand up. That man didn't stand up with his strength. He stood up with the strength that came from Jesus Christ that day in that moment. Amen? Number two, Jesus said what? Pick up your mat. Jesus was saying, pick up your thoughts, your ideas, the lies of the enemy, the perspectives that the enemy has told you that I'm not good. Pick them up. Pick up that junk. Pick up those lies. Pick up those ideas. Pick up those old thought patterns. Take those old thought patterns from all the past years, and I want you this year in 2017 to pick up those thoughts. Pick up those ideas. Pick up those lies from hell. Pick them up. And guess what? We're going to take care of the trash in Jesus' name. We're going to take this trash out to the curb where it belongs. Because it doesn't belong in your house anymore. It doesn't belong in your mind anymore. It doesn't belong in your heart anymore. It doesn't belong there anymore. Pick it up. And then what Jesus says this, he says, walk. There's something so important about being active with Jesus. There's something so important about walking with Jesus. Why was Jesus always walking? Because there's something important about it. There's something important about following him. He's always moving, always moving, always moving. He wants us to walk with him. He tells the man, pick up your mat and now come walk with me. So what does Jesus say about us in 2017? He says, come walk with me with new ideas. Come walk with me with new perspectives. Come walk with me with an understanding that I am good. I am good. That I am good. That I am always working out every situation for you for your goodness. Christmas Eve, my car breaks down. We get done with service, man, I'm on a high. You know, it's Christmas Eve. The place is full. God moved. It was a good night. About to go out to eat with my family. Excited about Christmas Day. Car breaks down. Man, it's not fun. Get my car fixed. We get it back. A day and a half later, Jess calls me. Something popped. The car won't move. It won't turn. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you, are you serious? I'm in the shower. 
because I got to go pick up Jess and I got to call tow truck. And, and the Lord said, am I good? Am I still good? Am I good? I said, absolutely. Got in the car, started praising the Lord all the way to the car. All the way, all the way driving to the car. I'm like, God, you are so good. I'm so thankful for your goodness. So thankful for your grace. I'm so thankful you're always working out everything for my best. Get the car towed. They called me back. They said, hey, um, your whole serpentine system blew up. When she heard the pop, it was your serpentine system just blowing up. Now, I understand this. This happened to us like years ago in a car that I used to own. The serpentine system blew up, and it destroyed the engine. It ripped the engine apart. And, and so right away, she says, your serpentine system blew up. I thought, oh, my gosh, my car is done. Like, we are donezo. Like, the engine is donezo. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking in my head. She goes, she goes and this is her words. Little girl from Lebanon, Ohio, works at Blair's. She goes, in her little southern voice, she goes, I don't know what happened. She goes, but I ain't ever seen anything like this in my life. And I was like, well, you've seen what? She goes, it did nothing to your engine. Not one single thing went wrong in your engine. And your serpentine belt stayed in place. She goes, I have no idea how that happened. I said, it's the goodness of God. She goes, well, amen, brother. I said, amen, come on. It's the goodness of God. Listen, you're going you're gonna to have hard days. You're going to have troubles in this life. Jesus didn't say you weren't going to have troubles. I'm not telling you you're not going to have troubles in 2017. But what I'm telling you is this, that when troubles show up, I still know that my God's good. My thoughts, my ideas, my perspective isn't in situations of this world, but it is locked down in the word of God. It is locked down in his promises. It's locked down in who God is and who he is. I see who he is. This story shows me who my God is, that he's a good God. And even when I don't deserve his goodness, gosh, guess what? He still pours it out because he's good. And he's faithful. And if I can make that the foundation of my life, my existence, guess what? I'm going to see a lot of breakthrough. There might be some hard days, but I declare in the name of Jesus, there are two times more, hundred times, thousand times more days that are better because of the goodness of God. Amen? I'm going to live in those days. And I'm not going to worry about those other days. I'm going to live in the good days that God has in store for me. Um, I want to show you an awesome, awesome testimony about the goodness of God real quick. So you can go ahead and roll that. Hi, I'm Janice Weaver. And I'm Jim Weaver, and this is our story. 2012, I was working at a company. I'd been there for 21 years and lost my job. Uh, we ended up losing our home, and we moved uh, down to Mississippi, and I worked down there for a year, and then we came home. Uh, we were attending uh, Hoffman Methodist Church in West Milton, Janice was tithing, I was not. I gave, but I didn't tithe. Um, having lost my job, my home, tithing would make me nervous. I was kind of always hot and cold with tithing uh, during my Christian walk. We started attending Elevate in September. Uh, Janice said, you know, we really need to go to Elevate. So we went, um, and Jeff preached on tithing, you know, so it, <laughs> right, right, you know, getting right in my business the first week, I guess. So um, he preached on tithing, and, and Janice, you know, kind of, she said after we you know, we knew we were going to attend there. She said, "Do you want to put you want to put your tithe in?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We need to." 
the company I work for now, we, we do logistics for another another company. Um, we have a, I have a one customer warehouse. So what had happened, uh, we had the business for 21 years and they told us that, you know, hey, this is a contract year, we're just dotting I's, we're crossing T's, it, it's, it's a formality, no, no big deal. Having lost my job in 2012, you start seeing red flags and, and you start seeing little warning signs. You know, the Bible tells us to be discerning and you start seeing those things. And I think God kind of quickened a little bit on the inside of me. So I started looking for a job um, casually, not, you know, just real ardently, but just casually. And I wound up getting um, a, uh, an interview with a company called Spectrum Brands and they're building a brand new facility just west of the airport. And um, did a phone interview, did a person-to-person -person interview. Well, a few weeks ago, um, I, they made me an offer and reviewed it and talked over it with Janice and, and, and you know, kind of prayed about it, and I accepted the job. My manager came in the next day, and they were going to pass out bonus checks uh, for the year. He came, but when I saw his boss with him as well, I knew kind of something was up. And we gathered everybody together, and he said, um, I've got some bad news. We've lost the contract. We're going to be closing the warehouse down January 31st. Um, I wasn't nearly as upset because I had a job in place already, so um, God had kind of taken care of us. Amazingly, uh, the, the pay increase, I got about a 20% pay increase over what I was making now. I got more vacation time, uh, better match on my 401k, a uh, much larger company. Uh, that was on a Tuesday evening. I, I signed everything and I sent it back and said, hey, I accept the job. So there was not one second, not one second of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We just bought this house. Um, Nothing. It was just everything's okay already. And right. Again, we've been attending Elevate. We've been tithing. You got to show God that you trust Him, and it's about trust. And once you trust in Him, you see He is going to take care of you. God truly is. Um, he's He's better than you think He is. He He loves you and He wants to take care of you. He's done it for us. Uh, he's taken care of us. Um, our 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 life is better. Our marriage is better um, than it's ever been. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Why don't you stand on up with us? Isn't God good? Come on, come on, look at your neighbor. Say, God's good, God's good. Better than what you expect. Better than what you expect. That's what I'm believing for this year. I'm believing that you're gonna experience better than what you expect. Doesn't that sound good? Better than what you expect better 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 Matt better every time I pray for your family God's like man I'm going to bless these people so much they won't even know what to do with themselves I'm telling you better better Jonathan better 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 man just a big old smile you're going to walk around all the time with a big old smile because you're going to be like man how is God this good how is God this good? He's blowing my mind because when that happens, man, faith builds. Faith builds. That's what he wants. Listen, Jesus needs a strong church in 2017. Amen. Jesus needs a strong Elevate Church in 2017. Amen. Jesus needs a strong body of people that love him and are passionate about him and that will show others the goodness of God. Why is God going to give us a building? Because there's a lot of people to reach, okay? 
There's a lot of people to reach. There's a lot of people that don't know the goodness of God. There's a lot of people that don't understand him. There's a lot of people that are just walking in darkness day after day after day. And guess what? God's like, man, I need a building so these people can get there so you can show them the goodness of God. Why? Because it's all about people. It's not about us building a kingdom. It's about us reaching people. But guess what? You're involved in that. You're a part of that. When you experience the goodness of God, when you have this doctrine, this theology deep down inside of you, guess what? It pours out. It pours out. Amen? Amen. Come on, we're going to worship now, okay?